so let's 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 take a step away from the movies for just a hot second here. Well, and go into Mandalorian just for a touch. Okay, that's gonna be you, buddy. Right. I ain't seen shit. So Mandalorian takes place. Uh, I believe it's eight years five, af- years. five years after the fall of the Empire. Okay. Okay. And we actually get to see snippets into Mandalorian culture for the first time outside of Django. Well, no, outside of the oh, uh, cartoons. Yeah. Oh. Outside of Rebels. Outside of we Clone see Wars. Some in- Clone Wars with the Mandalorian. A little bit in Clone Wars with that, with the Mandalorians there. Rebels. But more with Rebels because of Sabine Wren and the Clan of Wren. But with this, we actually get to see, sure, Wrens were great and the Mandalorians were great, but they don't take their helmets off anymore. For anybody. They always have their helmets on unless they are by themselves. Okay. Their armor is actual effing armor, man. They get shot and it's like, Cool. If it's not close enough or a powerful enough laser beam or projectile hitting him, it doesn't actually cause their armor. Oh, so anti stormtrooper armor. Got it. Yeah, because it's made from a special metal. Durasteel. Uh, no, Durasteel's crap. And I, I'm pretty sure that they're actually using uh, Plasteel versus uh, Durasteel for their armor. Oh, so you're saying it's made out of aluminum foil? Got Basically. This no, it's technically made out of a vacuum form plastic. I, I apologize. You're right, aluminium foil. Yeah, it's either CG or it's vacuum form plastic, depending on the movie. Because depending that's actually the how they copied it. It's Dep- all vacuum form, depending on the budget. Right. Uh, so I guess the question is: uh, Does it actually really? Is it really interesting? Yes, it is highly interesting, and the. The cool thing is, is we're actually seeing essentially the story of from Japanese culture of that I'm blanking on Ronin. the name. Yeah, of a of a Ronin warrior taking a child that he comes across back to habitation while everybody around him is trying to kill this kid. Oh, what? Why? There's a, a famous it, story. Yeah. Wolf and something. Yeah. Not Spice and Wolf, it's something else. No, that that would worry me. <laughs> that, would, that would worry me. Uh, I mean, I just don't see how it would be interesting. I can kind of, The only little side story that I would want to see from something for something like that, involving like bounty hunters or something, is if we got if if we got the Lone Wolf and Cub. Yeah, Lone Wolf and Cub. Yeah, thank you. If we got the like uh the Wickverse Continental as its own sideshow, which I think is kind of in the works or something well, like that. So yeah. it it kind of ends up being that to an extent. So you have the Mandalorian working for the Bounty, Bounty Hunter. Hunter Guild. Yeah. And okay. in the process he comes his first big thing, we see him come across this kid who is the target of what he's supposed to go pick up. And deliver to ah, so you're saying child trap? A hire. Got it. Well, he, the thing is, is he doesn't know because it's in this pod thing. Okay, you get you get the thing. That's where we get one of the coolest new characters in the the IG unit. Yeah, IG eighty eight. Both, huh? IG eighty eight. Not a, not eighty eight. Well, but but it's it's the same. But it's voiced model by Tiger IG. TD and yeah, you then realize, oh, that's what a droid that murders people should look like. Yeah. Because he looks like a blender of bullets and guns. And he is. He's, he's terrible. He's essentially IG-88, but not as hardcore. 
Okay. He doesn't, he doesn't know what okay. an idiot is. Okay. So fair enough. Yeah, that's, uh, that's us. Okay. Think of uh, blender blades, but with guns on the end of them. Oh, so. Walking in and then pinpoint accuracy. If Claptrap were actually. Yeah, picture Claptrap actually being able to murder everyone around him. It's like that. Okay. That's it's terrifying, and he shoots a whole lot of people. And I've seen the first episode of Mandalorian, and that scene redeemed it. <laughs> oh, yeah. that's, a, that's a person. Yeah, yeah and he has thermos. multiple guns, and he's yeah. just like... <laughs> yeah, he's just blasts. His whole chassis spins, and I think that's awesome. Yeah, multiple parts of his head spin around indiv- individually from each other so we can see in all directions. Then there's the whole scene right before that of the Mandalorian needing to tame something. Yeah. And then he goes like equivalent of like four mile or it feels, and then it's like, never mind, I have spoken, bye now. And then the character disappears. It's like, well, that was, yeah, we're that was a waste of time. time. Okay. Um, anyways, so the metal that he's trying to get is Beskar. I know it, it's specifically a Mandalorian thing. You're you're saying fantasy stuff at me, Tom. Right. I'm start. I'm starting to blank. Oh God, there it is. <laughs> so. You've got him. He's trying to get this thing, and he takes it to these to the to the people who hired the guild in the first place. Finds out that they're wanting to do experiments on this kid because he, he decides to open the pot up, and that's against his code. No, he's like, I. It's not so much against his code. It's wait, it's a baby, and you want to perform experiments. It's on against him. his code to an extent. Like, sure. Sure, he might be a bounty hunter, but he's not heartless. I don't know. I kind of, I kind of like to see the heartless bounty hunter. Well, th- that's the thing. Like, I would, I'd rather see the whole thing of like you're not paying me enough for this. Well, that's the thing. Like, that's he kind of it. It's like, yeah, mm. it's not. You're, you haven't paid me enough to allow you to do experiments on a baby. Yeah, you haven't paid me enough to look the other way. Yeah. So uh, okay. instead, yeah. instead he goes back and f's up an entire group of stormtroopers. Oh, because that's hard. Yeah, but when they're, like, outnumbering one, you 10 actually, to 1. They actually seem somewhat threatening. And yeah. Just, just like in Rogue One, the stormtroopers are actual threats. Oh, those death troopers are mans. Yeah. Right. These guys are, like, the ones who actually survived the fall of the Empire. Okay. Okay. Oh, so the First Order. Almost. Yeah. And, but not as stupid. Uh, and We'll get to that. Right. And so, that's why he gets involved with Baby Yoda, right? <laughs> And he's Have they being... given Baby Yoda or Mando an actual name? Nope. It's Mando and Baby yeah, Yoda. The Mandalorian and, and the child. The child, yeah. yeah. They, everyone's just called him Baby Yoda because it's a 50-year-old version of Yoda. Or 50-year-old whatever Yoda species. Whatever Yoda is. Yeah. They've never given Yoda's species a name. Yeah, they? There's a canon name, but... Nobody knows it. Yeah, in the movies or, or like any of stuff, no. I don't think they have. Not in current canon. No. I don't think in Mandalorian. I don't even think Mandalorian gives the name of the race. No, because he. I don't think he knows. He said fifty years yeah. old, but but yeah. But okay. the, but he's going around and he's trying to keep this kid alive, and every time he's tried to give the kid up to give it a better life, so that way he can go back doing what he's normally doing. He ends up getting sucked back into like I can't leave the kid here because now they know where the kid's at or. Uh, it's going to put the kid in danger, Look, or what? A have simple you. solution: phaser to the head. Boom. Obligation done. Again, he hasn't been paid enough. And uh, you know I what? Like uh, that the kids kind of like the kids old enough to be able to mess with him. Yeah, because the kid knows force powers. 
Oh, of course it does. He picks up an entire board thing in the second episode. Yeah, like a Bronto essentially just goes, eh, oh, okay. Yeah. Just force power the crap out of it and then faints afterwards. Um, because of how much force he had to do to put, do that. But, like, he's moving through. It, the whole idea is interesting for that. The lore that they're starting to put together for the Mandalorians since the fall of the Empire has changed from the Mandalorians we once knew. Okay. Because there, As it does. Yeah, because something happened. We don't know exactly what, but something happened to them specifically to make them so hated that they have to hide their actual identities at all times. Because that's not an obvious tell. Sounds like Watchmen. Anyway. Um, so. <sighs> but I, I enjoy the, the show so far. It's been a lot of fun for me. Maybe. Maybe I'll give it a shot. And it's also showing kind of what's been going on with everybody else in small snippets since the fall of the Empire. Yeah. Everything's kind of just in chaos and disarray, and there's a, just a bunch of lawlessness going on. It's like living in the in the quote-unquote legendary Wild West of America, which was nothing like the Wild West actually was, but beside the point, not here nor there. All right. Uh, and that moves us into the final trilogy, which we only have two parts of so far. Until, For the moment. Until, until this, this Thursday. Uh, coming up, which is The Force Awakens and Last Jedi. I'm going to try to hold back too much. I'm going to be negative. I know it. Let's start with you, then. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's probably a good idea. We went... You mentioned something, Devin, about make your, making your characters suffer. Yep. Can anybody explain to me how the new characters have actually legitimately suffered? Because I can't think of really anything. Maybe one or two bits, but they haven't really failed. They haven't really had to suffer for anything. And yet they still get everything, it seems. Um, well, at the end of Force Awakens, we have uh, John Boyega's character, uh, Finn, get hit so hard with uh, lightsaber slashes that he's now put out of commission and put into a coma. And then in 15 minutes in the next movie, he's back up and he's a comical relief character. Yeah, so, he, he magically is healed. He has no permanent damage. In, uh, doesn't respect. affect his outlook, doesn't affect anything at all. No, but, okay, by, so, the end of that, but by the end of that, it's caused uh, enough worry in the people who haven't, like... Really? Because Ray didn't think of him at all. Ray had to continue on. She had to find Luke. It was her mission. She had to. Yeah, but like, even yeah. when she's on the planet, she doesn't think a damn thing about him. I'm pretty sure it's because she's too overcome with trying to figure out how to get Luke to talk to her and do things. At the same point, why is it so important to find Luke? That That is one of those things that I... While, yeah, Luke is important It'd in the be nice. trilogy... It'd be nice. It's not particularly important to find him in this. I can understand why uh, Ren would want to find him, to kill him. I could kind of get that. Yeah, or at least to deal with his former master, but Rey? Rey, because she believes so strongly in the why Resistance. Why did Leia not go to talk to her? Because she has to lead the Resistance. She couldn't take a minute off? Yeah. She is the leader of the Resistance. You oh, can't really? Have... She, she was put out of commission and suddenly you had a second in command, so that really doesn't hold much water, dude. That's Plus, she was important in the in the original trilogy. Yes, she kind of gallivanted off and did shit. 
You so, don't think that it would take Leia half the time to get Luke to come back than it would some random person? Nobody smack her brother up the head. What are you doing, you idiot? No, I don't think that would actually work very well. Still, it's because he would look at her and go, "You have no idea what I'm going through." It's her. Uh, it, I don't buy it. He I would literally I look at her. You I have no idea it. what I'm going through. And he would look at her constantly as a reminder of his own failings, and he would be pushed further away from going. I don't buy that. It's his sister, and she he literally was the catalyst for Ben turning 100% to the dark side. Okay, great. All the, her father tortured her, first off. Second, her son turned to the dark side and killed her husband. How is that any... To, oh, wow, you, you, you fucked up. Uh, you don't think I'm suffering? It's, I don't get that, dude. It doesn't make a damn bit of sense. The pressure is all on Luke. Luke is the hero from the original trilogy. Luke is now looked at as the hero that's take going out. to save take everybody Take that out, take that out, take that out. Look at this as a single movie. And while I enjoyed these movies, look at it as heroes from the world. Why is it so important to find Luke, other than the fact that he was the main character of the previous movies? Why is it so important to find him? Why are the Resistance, when they do find him, and he's so important to find, why don't they send the main person? Why don't they send the entire Resistance there to find, talk to him? Yeah, yeah. she, she doesn't want to leave the Resistance alone? Okay, like guys, we're going to find Luke. Why is Chewbacca not the one to immediately talk to him? Like, go up and then hand him Han's gun or something to say that Han's dead, we need you. Like, why is why is this new random girl from a planet they've never, the person they've never talked to that has a lightsaber, the first one, why is Leia not there handing the lightsaber to him? It's just, that's one of those things that, yeah, it's Rey's story, but at the same time, does Rey have any idea who Luke is? She has no real connection it's, to it. It's one that it don't. It falls apart when you start like. Logically, they should send like Ho, or they should send like, they should send someone that is at least one of the resistance. And Ray has been like there, and then oh, where's Ray? Oh, she's not here. It, it should be like Ray. And why didn't Ray wait? Make sure that Finn's okay, and then go. It's just kind of there's so much at the end of Force Awakens. That logically they should have sent Ray and Leia, and then Holdo, Poe, uh, anyone else that Admiral Akbar, they can take the resistance for a little bit while Leia talks to her brother. And I actually kind of would have, like, if, if that had happened, I actually kind of would have bought more the Poe being kind of the dumbass in the beginning of Last Jedi and then getting smacked by Holdo. I would kind of buy that. There's so much in Last Jedi that is kind of poorly set up in Force Awakens that needed to happen, that you needed a reunion that's not like, oh, crap, they're in two different areas. Um, let's have a Force projection, which I think is a cool power they added. And then the kills and I love, yeah, it's kind of. Why'd you even bother then, dude? Well, I it, don't mind that, and I'm sure I'll be back as a Force Ghost in this next one. Well, I'll admit that, but it's like back on what's already happened, but it, it needed 
it needed to kind of bring Luke and Leia together if you're going to even have them in the same movie. You need that family... Also, if he was a projection, how was he able to give her the... get the dice? They do disappear, but... Do that? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But so Luke and Leia and Han are the main characters of the previous trilogy. Tell the stories of the new characters. Stop trying to continue the story of Luke, Leia. They're trying to have their cake and eat it, too. It, that's what it that that's the biggest thing that it feels like to me with these new ones is that they're trying to have the, the their cake with the nostalgia and eat it too by having these new awesome characters show up and be so much better than the previous ones but oh the previous ones still need to kind of bail everyone out yeah i wish that the story of particularly i feel like the stories of last jedi and this might be Ryan Johnson. I like Ryan Johnson as a director, but it's a giant trip. It might that be that he wanted to break away and make his own story, which he needed to do. But he was beholden what to what had just happened, so he needed to continue that story while telling his own. And it doesn't work as well as I. Think There's about four different storylines, and two of them could literally be clipped with no real consequence. And you would have a much more succinct, much more focused one. You could have the training or the attempt at training with Ray on that, and then the attempt to get away from the First Order. Also, how is it that suddenly the First Order is essentially the Empire again? When they were in the in the Awakens, they were treated as a rem uh, an extremist remnant of the scattered Empire. How is it that suddenly they are basically on par with the Galactic Empire in terms of, oh, we can't possibly resist against this. Oh, time to run, guys. Okay, so. Sorry for throwing all this at you. It's okay. Let's let's break this down from where I left off. If you're going at this from standalone movie concept of trying to depart from what we already know, Last Trilogy, its own little thing. One, you can't send the leader of uh, an entire movement to go off because then you don't have a leader. Second of all, why would you put Holdo in charge unless you absolutely have to? She's a last-ditch effort in order to get something done. She's your plan B. Then you don't. You, you have you don't Admiral put your plan. Akbar. You have all of these. Admiral Akbar is not designed to do that because he is the leader of your fleet. You can't have the leader of your fleet go off and do this either. Again, no, you have. You if have you're looking Admiral at it, Akbar so, stay with so, your fleet. So here's the deal. You have the resistance. The resistance is its own thing, and it's not attached to the political growth of the New Republic. The New Republic is set aside. The New Republic also doesn't have an army for a reason, because they saw what happened with the last one, and Clone Wars Wars were around, they had the clone army, led to giving power to a dictator with actual arms. So... The government that is in place for the New Republic has zero standing army. Oh, so you mean they're absolute morons. Got it. Suddenly it makes more sense. I'm less thinking political. Why did Leia not want to go and see her brother? It's not that she didn't want to. She's literally the leader of the resistance. If Okay, real quick. If you are, if you are leading a resistance, there is no such thing, there should be no such thing, as a centralized government in that. If the head is cut off, they should not they should not be foundering by that. They should be able to split off. It's like, shit, we need to do something. Uh, you're in charge. Let's go, man. That is not how a resistance works. Hold on. So you have, at the beginning of all this, three big factions to worry about. Okay. 
Okay, you have the Resistance, the New Republic, and the First Order. Okay. Okay, the Resistance is its own thing. It is separate, it is a militaristic thing that is barely given any kind of credence to, but is on the side inadvertently and not fully... Under the table. Uh, uh, it, it's authorized. an under-the-table authorization and slightly funded and backed by worlds that are for the New Republic. Okay? So you have that tie together. You have the First Order. The First Order is what's coming up as a splinter of what was the Empire. However, because you have all of these people at the end of the Empire vying for power, you have all these people who are making themselves grand moths who never were, okay? You have all these people saying, I'm in charge, it's I'm a power in charge. Vacuum. It's a power vacuum. Yeah. Giant power vacuum. And then you have the First Order who goes, don't worry about this. We actually have a hierarchy in charge. We're following these things. And by the way, we're starting to gather all of this technology, and anybody who says that they're part of the Empire is no longer part of the Empire. You're either going to fall in line, or we're going to destroy you. And then we're going to take your stuff and fold it into our own, which is what they do. And that's how they grow to what they are. Okay. So what you're saying is a splinter group took over the took over the universe because the New Republic are idiots. The Got New it. Republic decided that they weren't going to have military. They're idiots. Because of the failings of the past. That doesn't matter. Tom, I'm going to ask you, how do you know all this? Because of the books. That's the problem. I understand that. There are two movies. Yeah. The biggest everything you've None said of that has at all been said because of the movies. Devin, have you heard any of this before? I have. Okay. But all of this is because I've read the comics and I know about the movies. This is new to me. The mo most of the people that saw Force Awakens and Last Jedi have only watched Force Awakens, Last Jedi, and ba that Baby Yoda show. <laughs> they have seen the original trilogy. They have seen the prequel trilogy and hated it or loved it, depending on how old they were. They know the Clone Wars show probably exists, or Rebels, and they know that stuff exists, but they don't think that they have to watch that in order to understand these. They know that there's eight, now nine movies, and that's it. Okay. All of the stuff you just said is book, is video games, is comics. It's not the movies. Okay, even if I'm just going off of the movies, okay? If we were to take the idea of what's happened in the past, uh, the idea... Okay. Okay. Please, I'm, I'm very curious to that see this one. there was a government in place. Yes. Okay. There was the Empire, and then there was the Rebellion. Okay. Those three things. Yes. The Rebel that, Alliance. The, and the, right, yeah. the Rebel Alliance. And then you had the Empire and the... Uh, Republic become one thing. Yeah, because the Empire subsumed the... Right. Uh, okay. Yeah. So they rose to power. Then you have the Rebellion. The Rebellion somehow, through sheer luck and will... Lucky was, luck. Yeah, was able to overthrow this giant regime that had okay. technically infinite resources, right? Because From, they destroyed a Death Star a second time. Right. From that, you the have Emperor. The Emperor. what we can presume... Is some sort of government going on now? Okay. okay. Absolutely. You have so now in this one we have the New Republic, which is the new government, which is essentially the reinstitution of the Galactic Senate, the Galactic Senate, and all that stuff. We'll get to that. Um, you have the Resistance, which most people just assume is still the Rebels. 
Yes. Because they didn't do a great job of, of explaining. And I understand that. And most people think the First Order is the remnants of the Empire. Which is right. basically which is. me. Right. It's me. No. Halfway through the movie, they destroy, they use Starkiller Base to destroy like seven or eight planets. That sucks. That sucks, but very, very few people get that that's the New Republic. Right. So, I understand that very few people get that that's the New Republic, and I believe that there's like some last like minute leading statement saying, oh my god, they just destroyed the Republic. Yeah. Something to that effect. Okay. Yeah, but I didn't get and, why. I think I remember right. hearing that, but so I was like, uh, get that the, the Empire destroyed the Galactic Senate so that the Empire is now in charge again. That's yeah, kind of how I got basically, there. Basically, that's what happened, because yeah. you had these Rep New Republic planets and systems that were funding and helping out the Resistance. So I'll ask you, why is Under the, the story about some girl from some planet that is randomly now part of the story. There's the biggest, like, all of this political intrigue, awesome, cool, great. Why is Ray the main character? You for that question, says, hold on. I like Ray. For that question, no, Luke, Luke, and Luke, if sure. we were going off of the original trilogy, Luke, okay, why is some big guy from a backwater farm planet? Eventually we figured out why. Again, Plus, but no, no, don't forget, though, uh, it's kind of the same thing with Ray, is that he got involved because him and his family bought R2, who had the plans to the Death Star. Yeah. In this case, she BB comes across BB-8, who happens to have the one piece... If you say the plans of how to get to the Death I mean, no. to Luke... No, the one piece of the missing map that holds the route to Luke. Because some old guy in the first scene happened to have the piece of the map, even though they could just go and look. But that's where... Well, that was the, the problem. There's of this movie falls apart. That that was a that problem. It's... There's there's with the destruction of the. Let's go Je back a step. Yeah. Okay, so we have to go back with the destruction of the Jedi Temple. Okay. Went all of these star maps gone, gone forever. Do you know this? Because of the repository that's in there, they actually talk about this. When Obi Wan Kenobi goes to Yoda and the younglings and says. This particular system for the Rishi Maze is supposed to be right here. It's missing. And one of them says, well, somebody must have deleted it from the archives. Oh, They never geez. once mentioned the archives again. So that's all But again, stuff. if you go into that and you see, even that's if you've seen the originals. That's not explicit, though. Even if you've seen the originals, though, you see, okay, they must have had extensive star charts. Okay. Why is it all centralized, then? I don't know why do they why is there one main Jedi temple and that's the only place where there's younglings at? This your story doesn't make sense. Because they've moved their primary place of operations from Dantooine to on uh to uh eventually to Coruscant. But the th the, the thing I the thing I have a problem with uh, that is the fact that yeah, some stuff I can understand centralizing, a lot of government secrets, all that sort of like government projects. I can understand centralizing that. Star maps are essentially astrological public domain so why isn't there basically every library on a more uh it's a what's what's the word? thank you a more civilized planet have what have a star like a whole map of the galaxy so here's the other thing if you have that think about this there are two primary people that would probably have that information two primary groups that would have yeah, that libraries right? two primary yeah but who runs the libraries now the libraries were run by the empire so don't you think that they're going to take all their major important things and go, hey, we're going to stop general public from having that because if we censor them, we now control knowledge, which is what the Empire did. 
And we know that. To an extent, they subjugated their people hard. Okay, I can see that more, but so it still seems... Then you have, it's still then you have the centralized place for the Jedi Masters. They're in one location. Why wouldn't you have the repository of your information at their fingertips? And you have to have a place that can hold that much information. Because it's close to idolatry? Well, no, you have the Jedi, the Council of the Jedi Masters, they're all in one location. Yeah, but then the reason you give it to them is because you idolize them because, oh, they're so powerful and wise. No, they've, re they've gotten this information because they were everywhere. Remember, their network was incredibly vast. They talk about how there were, there were thousands of Jedi at once, at one time. That reached across the galaxies. The I'm, big. I'm just going to ask, how many planets are in the galaxies? A lot. Okay. There are... Most of them backwater. Let's say there are thousands of planets. There's probably <coughs> about that many. Why are there two factions that have maps? Because you have one centralized government. No, 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 no. Do you have one centralized government for thousands of planets? Or a hundred planets in one part of the galaxy? It's, it's one of those that the world of Star Wars hypothetically Writer, sounds huge. Writers can't do math. There are, there's one general or centralized government for the entire galaxy. So hold on. I can help make this a, little, a lot simpler. Okay, please. Okay. So if you were to think about this, if you were to take all of these galaxies mm -hmm. that fit into the Star Wars universe. Uh -huh. Okay fall under one central government because they've decided to join said government in some way, shape, or form by being a member of the Galactic Senate. Okay, so they make the Holy Roman Empire of governments. Cool. Right, which mm -hmm. spreads across everything. Now, mind you, there are still planets and systems that don't fall underneath this because they've chosen not to do it, which is fine. It happens. But for the most part, they have all of this. Then you have trade between all these places, so, again, you're going to have knowledge of all these places. And, again, when Anakin says, "Has ever how many planets are there? Thousands. Has anyone ever been to them all? No. I'm going to be the first one to go to all of them. And then he does? No. It's the idea that there's this vast place, right? It's all under one centralized government because they've decided to do this for the betterment of their government. Now, they have their own individual government on the planet, which we've seen with Naboo, for example. Okay. However, they're getting support from a general centralized government. Oh, so wait, what you're saying known is... Known as the, the Republic. So what you're saying is the Galactic Republic is basically the UN. Yes. So all of them... So again... So again, all of these, all of these planets have said, hey, we can help out everybody else by sending stuff like our star charts to this main centralized hub and so everybody has access to it. And for a long time, everybody had access to it, for the most part. And then Palpatine takes over, and he cuts off that access. So all of these people no longer have that stuff because he's now censoring what they have access to. Except I don't buy it. Why? Because I have the guns. I say what happens. Yes, because nobody's going to say no and hide it or make a copy of it. I don't buy it, Tom. There might be, but how many of them had the wherewithal to understand that? Remember, Padme says, so this is how freedom ends. With People the... are paranoid as fuck. Yes. 
But this is how liberty ends with the with uh, thunderous applause. Sure, yeah. They were all voting for this to happen. They all agreed for this to happen. I don't. I don't agree with this for the main fact of look at our planet. You are ba- they basically scaled up our planet, and that doesn't work. If the UN decides to take over and try to censor us or an equivalent, that doesn't work. Again, this is fiction. Fiction still has to obey some kind of rule, though. Okay, 1984. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. 1984, centralized government. Newspeak. Let's rewrite our history because we don't like it. Yeah, we do that already. Right. All they did was massively out... Uh, massively upscale that we're gonna. I'm gonna. We're gonna agree to disagree. That's that's all. That's all it's gonna be. But I'm sorry. I'm telling you, this is what's actually happened. This is canon. This is what's happened. Again, I'm gonna take the Devon route. Where have you heard this supplemental material? Watch the movies. None of this is mentioned in the movies. They don't mention that he censored everybody. No, the star charts are mentioned, and yeah. Uh, Okay, you, so the star charts you infer that as opposed fine. to it being um, explicitly mentioned or being a plot point. Why is it that R two D two has a part of a star chart or part of the star chart? BB eight now has the other half of the star chart. Why was other than it comes down to the old man at the beginning of the movie who goes and gives Poe Dameron that piece of information. Unfortunately. We don't have a backstory yeah, in the movies no for who Lars Sir is. Von, Lars von Tecker or Sir von Tecker is. Yeah, so and we don't have for Lars Sar, uh, Lars Arteca. The problem is, he is important because he has gone through and preserved as many pieces of Jedi information and uh, information of the Force and relics of the Force as he can. So you're saying he did exactly what I said people would do. Surprising, isn't it, Devin? Sorry if I'm being... Sorry. Well, sorry. But the problem is, is he's found bits and pieces. He hasn't gone, hey, I'm going to go into the Jedi Temple and download all this information. Or I'm going to find a way of getting into this network and downloading all this information. He didn't do that. He had to go out and search and find and do all these things. The only problem is you never see it. I understand. You never see it. You never even hear that he does it. It's just no, this old man has a... This old man has a thing. He has some sort of connection to Leia. And I'm because sure... to me, she will always be a princess. Hypothetically, one of the next Star Wars stories might be his story. Okay, sure. Uh, the Death Star plans. It makes sense that there's a blueprint of a giant Death Star. That it's just it's, a, that's an engineering thing. That is, that that's makes fine. sense. The map to someone, other than it being a pirate movie, the map to blank doesn't work in when there's technology. Plus, who's to say he's even still there? Why would Scarif? he? Get, why would they? Why would they give it? Why? Why would they? Why would if Luke wanted to get away from all this? Why would he even bother having a map to him? Unless you're talking about it's a map to the place where the old Jedi's used to be, which is what happened because Luke went out and they flat out say Luke went out to try to find the original Jedi temples. They say that yes, and what happens? He ends up in the place where the original texts for the Jedi are found. Yeah, and then he's about to burn them, and Yoda says a couple things. And then lights it on fire with lightning, and then all of a sudden, Luke's like, "Ah, oh, no, the ancient text. What are you doing?" Blacklist. What? Uh, yeah, because he has second thoughts about doing that. It's 
so and, and for that it's a blowback to tradition you it, he's having a hard time breaking with the past we the get whole that. movie that's the allegory for the whole movie is having a hard time breaking from the past yeah, um, the, the biggest issue for that is like one we have no idea who Lars Montek or Lars von Sydow <laughs> Lars Lars in that movie Large we have annoying. no idea what purpose he has in the movie other than he's Max von Sydow pay attention to him he's killed off in the first five minutes of the movie then they put the map to Skywalker. They never say the map to the original temples that might lead to Skywalker. No, it's explicitly it's the, map the map to, to Skywalker. Map to Skywalker. Map to Luke. Map to Luke. Cool. So then they then they put that in the droid, and then the droid leaves onto a desert planet, and then the the droid finds the main character, and then the main character meets up with someone from the Resistance, and it just kind of snowballs into now she's the main character. Okay, that could be a coincidental. But why does it end up that she is now the one that has to push the story forward, other than like Poe, the one that initially stole the, the plan or got the plans? I because mean, she's force sensitive. It doesn't matter. I'm sure he is. He's one of the best pilots in the galaxy. He's probably somewhat force sensitive too. No, no, it doesn't but, matter. She's force sensitive. That's all that matters. But then, to me, Finn, Poe, and Finn, Poe, and Ray are the main characters. We get that. Cool. Why is it that the entire story is trying to figure out where, like, where Luke is? Luke, yeah, was a hero at one and point. Then it takes a detour in the third act to deal with Starkiller Base, which, uh, which he, Han himself is like, oh, it's another Death Star. Oh, good, it's bigger. He yeah, literally it's, mocks it. It's one of those that mm -hmm. the movie's overall writing, it feels very much, well, where does this go now? Let's do this. And then it just, it doesn't have an overarching story. And maybe we're looking at two-thirds of the story. Maybe maybe Nine will fix all this and be that it's always her destiny that she will be the one to find Luke and blah, 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 blah. But it's just seven and eight feel like they don't really know where they're going, which is they where like one, two, three, movies. you know where it's ending. Uh, four, five, six... At least it feels like there's some kind of story that that's going somewhere. This one just kind of feels like it's whatever director is coming up, they make up the next part of the story like an improv game. And it's tied in with history. And then the fact is they can go back through and rewrite their own past with books and stuff like that. So it's like, well, we didn't really know who the hell Lars von Sydow or Max von Sydow or whatever we don't really know who he is, so let's just write a book to explain that he's someone controlling all the this. Cool. We'll figure that out later. It feels like a whole lot of the books and the comics and all that canon is just kind of fixing, figuring out it later. Someone will figure that out and say it. Plus, to go back to an original point I had before this long sidetrack, I mean, there's no... I don't really get any lasting consequences for anything the main characters seem to do. They seem to get knocked down a little bit, but then they're almost back up ten minutes later. Okay, that was fun. Let's do this again, guys. Finn gets seriously injured, but then is not at least limping in the next movie. He's just back up and walking. Back to comical relief. Ray doesn't really do anything to get her force powers, and it's never really explained in the movies. It 
It might be. Nine is still coming. We're, I we said might, never. I said that's why I said never really explained. At least we might so get far. that she is something, but what does Luke do to get his force powers? I'm confused. Kind of the same. Uh, it's one of those that he, he just has them. Yeah, yeah. but you see him. Tra- you see him training more than Ray. Ray has a bit of training, but Ray's training is trial by fire. That's yeah. what it comes down to. To me, I like that she's trial by fire. I she's, like that she's not she's, trained and she fights very differently than any other guy. So. I hate to do this because it shows the nerd in me, but it sounds like a wild magic sorcerer in D&D 5th edition. She learns and goes, well, I hope to God this works. And it always does. It doesn't always give her the exact result she's going for. No, but yeah, it always it. works out good for her. And I'm going back with, with that. It's like, where's the conflict? Where do I, I, where do I, I, I see don't know her about, fail? I don't know about works out good for her. Again... Ultimately, she's responsible for Finn getting messed up momentarily. Regardless of how long it's for, momentarily or not, she's responsible for it, ultimately. Yeah. Okay, I can't remember. How is she responsible? Uh, Let's see. I've got this lightsaber, and I sent Finn off to go do this thing instead, and now I've got to go rescue him and get him back part of the group, and now that he's part of the group, he feels responsible for me. And now he's going to try to fight in my honor. Now he's screwed up. Uh, no, Ray got captured by Kylo Ren. Finn went to go get her. She was kind of knocked off by Ren force pushing her. And Finn, of his own accord, tried to go against Ren, who had had years of experience and put him in his place. I fail to see how that's her fault. He Finn feels some sort of weird association and connection of he has to protect her. That's a fault Haven't of Finn. Of That's a fault of Finn. That's not Ray. Ray is basically not really. He's, she's been kind of buddy buddy, but she's never really given him a second look. Finn, you should leave. You should leave the planet right now. Uh, I I I don't. No, seriously, you you've done enough. Maybe you should just go. I'm I'm gonna stick with these guys. He goes. She gets captured, and then he I've got to makes... go rescue you now. How is that her fault? That is not her. That is Finn. And if she hadn't pushed him away in the first place. Oh, so if she was, if he was there the entire time she was captured, or if he had saved her, this would never have happened. I fucking don't believe that. I also don't believe that she would have wandered off like she had to go find BB-8 and all that other jazz if he hadn't have tried leaving the planet with another group and just listened to her in the first place. If he had said, no, I'm going to stick this out. Because, you know... I don't want to have to worry about being destroyed by the first order. I'm going to man up. That's not Finn's character, though. Am I the crazy one, Devin? To me, Finn made a choice. Ray made a choice. Ultimately, Ray doesn't isn't beholden to what choices Finn makes. Finn is not responsible for the choices that Ray makes. Finn made a choice to start leaving. Notice that Ray was captured and tried to fight to get her back because she's his friend. Ultimately, any of my friends got captured of the First Order and I felt like I could help her. Yeah, I'd do it. So, Finn was on the right. Uh, Ray, then ultimately when Ray was not in the picture there and Finn took up the sword to fight Kylo, yeah, he tried. He wanted to fight him. It's his decision, because not Because he was, he was also probably going to get killed anyway. He decided to try to fight for what's good and... 
yeah, Kylo's better at sword fighting than he is. Beat the crap out of him, and then Ray saved him. I mean, Ultimately, I guess, but why yeah. wouldn't you, being in typical Finn fashion, turn tail and run? Because she's he's going to kill my friend. Pick her up and run. He's going to catch me and kill me. He has force powers. There is no reason why Finn would turn and run. Kylo Ren is standing there. Kylo Ren will catch you and they kill you. They just watched him kill his father. It, I don't, I don't understand where I've you're coming. I've got a gun. From. Shoot at him, because that's worked so well. I don't get where you're coming from. Maybe you're not explaining it well, or maybe I'm not understanding maybe. it well. Maybe I, I don't know. I just all I know is, is I don't think that ultimately she, Ray, with all of the things that she tries to do, still ends up not succeeding in keeping her friends safe. Granted, yeah, he didn't die. But he got messed up. And his outcome was still uncertain because he was in a medically induced coma for months. And again, in 10 minutes in the next... Eh, it wasn't months. 10 minutes in the next film, he's up and going with no obvious defects. But again, we we I've hammered that point home. Continue. Okay. Then, I'm going to put, be pushed to suffer because this guy that I've heard stories of my entire life. Hero of the Resistance. Okay. I'm supposed to go get him and bring him back. Regardless of whether you agree with her being the one to go do it or not. She's the one to go do it. And Luke is just standing there. And within the first few minutes of the movie goes, Oh, lightsaber, thanks. Chuck's over the side of a cliff. I kind of laughed at that. I'm done with this crap. You've wasted your time. Go home, little girl. Uh, being told to basically F off isn't suffering. Being forced to repeat the same thing day after day of, hey, you should teach me how to do this. No, I'm not doing that. You should teach me how to do this. No, I'm not doing that. You should teach me how to do this. No, I'm not doing that. Trying to do things on your own and destroying what's around you and then being forced to have this link that you have no idea about with the guy that you really don't want to be around and you kind of hate because he hurt your best friend and wants to kill you. But now all of a sudden you're somehow attracted to him because of this link that you have no idea why it exists or how he got there. That's not suffering. No. After a certain point, when does it become your, when does it be, still be your job to ask, hey, can you help with this? Hey, you should get involved with this. If they want to be a curmudgeonly little fuck, F off. They can screw right off. But apparently she thinks it's her duty. Like just kind of like Luke thought it was his duty to save his father. She thinks it's his duty to she she thinks it's her duty to bring him back into the fold and to eventually save Kylo Ren. It's like, no, no, it's not. You had it right in the first movie. Your job is to survive as well as maybe keep your friends alive. That's it. So then this guy that she kind of has looked at as a father who was killed by her, her his actual son. Yeah, that she known for all of a week. But again, it's the closest thing of, to a lot of stuff happens to Han Solo in a week. Yeah, <laughs> it's the closest thing to a father figure that she's actually had. I don't know. Simon Pegg was kind of a father figure. No, no, he wasn't. It's the same like... problem I have with Luke when he was all mourning and mumbly over Obi Wan getting killed. You knew him for a week, if that. What the? Why are you so damn attached to them? 
This also comes from the fact that I have a very different mentality on that sort of stuff than a lot of other people. That's I will 100% acknowledge that. Why are you getting weep, getting pissed about it? Absolutely. I completely understand that. Why are you getting weepy about someone who was kind of a dumbass anyway? Even so, you were working with him. He was like, hey, yeah, we need to go find Luke. Yeah, and why was he suddenly so chummy-chummy with someone he'd never met before when he'd never been like that? That's the problem. There was something that we don't get explained in the movies, but he kind of recognizes her for some unknown reason. I don't get it. I don't. Like, like, but literally, that's what happens. Yeah, no, that's that's why it was kind of weird. I, I, that all of a sudden... Okay, again, from just going off the movies, that's something we don't understand. Why all of a sudden do you go, oh, you're from where? Oh, crap. Okay. I kind of like the joke uh, Luke had. It was like, no one's from... It, Nobody's from nowhere. Jakku, oh yeah, that's pretty much nowhere. That made me laugh. Right. And but, I don't... Again, the fact that for some reason he ha he's drawing some sort of conclusion to this. Like, that he understands something about this. Maybe it'll get explained in the ninth movie. We don't know. The problem I have is the fact that nothing is properly explained in the movies they all nowadays people seem to be relying on supplemental material extraneous material i don't care about any of that i don't want to get involved in that i'm watching the movies because hey it's a nice two and a half hours i'm gonna have a fun time they're gonna explain some shit i'm not getting that you look at stuff a lot of the stuff marvel does i can watch iron man i watched iron man never having read any of the comics, never having any of that, I understood everything for it. You watch Winter Soldier, you understand everything for it, even to a certain extent if you haven't watched the other ones. You get a lot of that in there. I don't get any information about motivations, backstories, why things happen, except, eh, we need plot, let's do this. The plot dictates the story. The story doesn't dictate the plot. And that's my biggest problem. The characters and story are, eh, they're off to the side. Whereas, we want to tell this story, we want to tell this plot, let's have it happen here, here, and here. How do we get to there? Eh, we'll figure it out. That's what it feels like. That's why I'm not enjoying this one. Even as much, like, I can go back and I can watch the original trilogy and still kind of find some enjoyment out of it. I cannot enjoy Force Awakens and Last Jedi because of it. It feels like I'm watching something schizophrenic. Mm, I, I can. That's see and that's that. gonna be that's gonna be the, the last negative thing. That, that Look, I'm, can, I'm gonna stop that. I can see that. On the on the other hand, oh my god, it's so pretty. Yeah, it is absolutely pretty. A decent amount of the actors I I do enjoy. A lot of the practical effects are actually really cool, but on the whole, I'm. I can honestly say I'm not really looking forward to this next one. I can tell. Really? That that obvious, huh? A little bit. I'm incredibly looking forward to this next one. I'm glad. I'm, I'm trepidatious. Glad. I'm... We have the three feelings. <laughs> I'm expecting to enjoy it. I I enjoy... I really did enjoy... Uh, I haven't been talking a whole lot about Last Jedi and... Um, and you've been uh, letting me and Tom Lincoln's, duke it out. I genuinely enjoy them. They... The characters are fun characters and so on, but much like a whole lot of other movies nowadays, most of the characters don't have a central core need anymore. They're interesting characters, and I want to go do this, or I, I need to go do this, but they don't have like a want to it. And it, it's 
not the best overall writing and that even kind of ties in with the prequels not a whole lot of really good writing they don't sit down and come up with like 100 percent solid through line story and or something like rogue one had a central story and it continued all the way through and i never felt like someone was just there to be there whereas last jedi and force awakens are not perfect in that track record but i genuinely do enjoy them uh rise of skywalker it does bother me that there's no one alive named skywalker luke is dead slash force ghost ren's name uh, is ben solo yeah ben solo um leia's last name is organa there's really no skywalkers left anakin's dead me skywalker hopefully isn't back um, <laughs> that'd be interesting wouldn't it right Everyone, for all the wrong no reasons. Skywalker's left. The... We find out who Anakin's daddy is finally. Isn't that kind of implied to be Palpatine? Yeah. They mm. in, they insist on bringing Palpatine back, even though Palpatine died. It's one of those that I feel like Force initially Hunter, it was supposed to be Snoke, and because Ryan Johnson wanted to not have Snoke as main villain, they killed Snoke, and now they're like, well. Kill okay, the, I guess we just bring back Palpatine, I guess. Kill the past, so we, we need the, the past back. So we get to find a Sith holocron, that's awesome. Maybe. I mean, it would make sense for Palpatine that way. More so than... As someone who's only watched the movies, they, they would have no idea what a holocron is. I don't. I've seen some of... I've read books and stuff, so I, I personally know what a Sith holocron is. I got nothing. Most people you watch know, Rebels, dude. I've heard good things about it. Without having to read a book, watch Rebels. I, I've heard good things about it. I've heard they, good things about Rebels, but it's also the animation style and the fact that it very much looks like it's made for kids. Most people. Uh, I watched a bit of Clone Wars, wasn't super impressed. So I've heard Rebels is better, but still Rebels is better. So not super into Should we move on to thoughts for what we would like with Nine? I'd like it to be coherent. I'd like it to coherently finish the story. Well, real quick. Please, just, please. Go right ahead. Uh... Something that I absolutely loved about Jedi, or Last Jedi, was the fact that they actually had science in this one. I'm not disagreeing where. I can't remember. So, at the very beginning with the bombing scene, where they're going on against that giant dreadnought thing, whatever it was called. Yeah. And they're dropping bombs onto it in space. Actual science. When, the, the thing I thought about that was, wasn't when there a mechanism pushing the bombs down? No. It was dropping them. Yeah, it dropped them. But they're in lower, or they were in low orbit. They were in okay. I, Even if they weren't in low orbit, they're still close enough to a planet that the planet's gravity will still pull it towards it. Okay, that's what I was confused because but, what's happening is, is uh, the re like for instance, the ISS International Space Station. The reason why it stays in orbit in the way it does, and they're all they're all flo uh, floating. It's constantly falling. Weightless. It's constantly falling, but it's going so fast sideways that it's escaping the actual fall of gravity. Yeah, it's so, it's constantly falling sideways. Yeah, it's constantly falling sideways. So that's the problem. They're not moving fast enough to be actually in orbit. They're just outside of the planet, and they're just dropping shit. So the gravity of the planet below them is actually, actually pulling what's okay pulling those down. Like I said, I thought it was a mechanism. That's that's that works too, and that's also also right. kind of fun. When you see the uh, ships slowly falling backwards and getting destroyed by the resistance, mm -hmm. the reason for that is because while these are propelled and while you're in space and you're moving forward at a constant. These are still being propelled, and there's nothing still propelling this anymore. So they're still moving faster, while these have stopped having that accelerant behind them. They're just moving at whatever pace they were before. This is still moving with a propellant behind it. Ah, so okay. these are moving faster than these were originally just moving at. 
there's still acceleration here. There's still, so con- there's still a constant from the ones that have cut their engines, but the ones that have their engines are going are still accelerating. Yes. As a watcher of Expanse, the bringing realistic science into it is great, but I've seen it done better on Expanse. And again, but this is having the... a really tense scene with the resistance getting away from the first order and all that, and having like this slowly catching up would have made for a really, really intense scene. But the fact that that's the entire overarching story, I, I, that I agree, kind of bogs down. I wish that that was like a really, really tense 20 minute scene while the people on the resistance ship. Are readying to take off the crate. Yeah, and and, con- like constantly like, instead of constantly back and forthing. Yeah, and constant sending over to Kanto and having Ray. that whole storyline, and then over to Ray, having that be a contained twenty to half an hour long scene, and have them like we have to remove, we have to drop this frigate, we have to siphon as much gas out of this this one, and then drop it as you can, and then having like setting up the a robot to pilot the ship or trying to do it and the robot doesn't do it right. So you have to have someone stay behind and having the, who's going to stay behind and Poe wanting to do the, do the, I'll stay behind. I'm a pilot kind of thing. And then having Holdo say, no, you're our best pirate or pirate. Best pirate you are. You're our best pilot. We have to have you at, you know, contain all these. The, the, the biggest... Leia wanted you to be the one to, to protect them. Get, take them onto this planet that we're going towards, have all that be in this contained scene uh, and have the, like, the First Order slowly getting closer. You don't even need to cut to the First slightly faster, so I always have, like, from the view of the Resistance, and then you can cut over to show, like, Hux, Hux and um, you can have Captain Phasma there as, like, a bodyguard that looks like she's gotten beat up, not Chromier have her be there and like have them getting slowly, slowly closer and still firing and all this and like have that kind have of couple, stuff. like have have Huck yeah. start dictating what's gonna happen once they catch up to a certain point. Yeah. I that would have made a really good twenty minute long half hour scene. They bounce too much setting up the next I'm not arguing that. I'm just it's, happy that there's actual science involved. No no you are right. It was pretty cool. And there's actual science involved like I'm trying to get back Leia to Leia being pulled talking back into about the ship too. We're not going to even go into that because that that actually that made me did a bit angry. feel like that actually to me, made me angry. To me, I don't mind that it happened, but it did feel like the scene originally Leia died, but they didn't want to go that dark, and that's one of the reasons why I like Revenge of the Sith. Is that Revenge of the Sith would have gone that dark? They kill Padme, they kill Dooku, they kill Grievous, they kill. All of these characters, they don't pull punches in three. Yeah, they kill they kids. They mutilate. They Anakin. mutilate kids. They they tear off three. What? Yeah, it's three arms. It's the three. It's legs, the three limbs, and then the burn them to death. Like they brutally. Obi Wan watches that and then Anakin. walks away. They brutally kill Anakin. Yeah. They chop off uh, Mace Windu's arm and then throw him out of a building. Like after getting a lightning shot. It is brutally violent. And then you look at Last Jedi, and they have a chance to let her go in this really impactful moment. You even had well, the, the biggest thing. But then is, they just bring her back, and she doesn't do anything for the rest of the movie. The biggest thing I like about that, it, I would have liked about that too, is that you had that moment where Kylo Ren 
is about to fire on her. And then he stops. And then the people on his side do it anyway. That would have been a great, like, It's regretful. a catalyst for him moving forward. It's a catalyst for Poe to take over. And now there's that power vacuum within the Resistance where Holdo, Poe... One or would two have others, made maybe. sense for Admiral right. Ackbar to still be alive, but have, I mean, like they also we're going to rewriting the story. Yeah. They, though, they honed it up. That's yeah. They honed it up is what they did. They 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 carbonite froze Leia. It's fine, except it's not. But they it's, did. They and they brought her back in the same movie. Sure, whatever. It, 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 it is, is a thing. A plot point that they could have let her die, and it would have propelled the story forward. It would have given Poe something to do without that kind of she'll be back moment like have them actually die have well that was a problem and they didn't yeah. know if she was going to be back they hoped she would be back yeah but we all kind of and know how that was going to go her second in command or like one of her closest friends holdo take over and be like i'm not thinking 100 straight because my my best friend is currently yes dead not questioning maybe she'll be back and she'll save us have her go and like have all the stuff with Poe trying to take over. I would have like, bought it a little more. Have it all contained onto the ship. And then, like, have you could have Poe working against trying to get Finn. And you can have Rose in there, too. I didn't mind Rose Tico as a character. She was underutilized. She's like, underutilized. underutilized but you but... can have them doing all that and have Holdo go, she believed that you're a good pilot. She believed that you were smart. You're just rash and you make, make quick decisions. I have a plan. This is what we're going to do. I need you to get these people out of this planet. We just have to wait to a certain point. It felt like and, there it felt like yeah. there wasn't enough overlook of the writing and yet also at the exact same time too many people doing the writing. That's fair. I feel like I loved Knives Out. Uh you weren't here last week when I talked about Knives Out. I absolutely love Knives Out. That is written by Ryan Johnson. Mm -hmm. You loved Brick. Uh I love Looper. Yeah. Looper's Ryan cool. Johnson is a damn good writer. I feel like he would have been the one to kill off, to kill her off pretty early, and have the entire story catalyzed through what happened in that scene. And then have occasion, maybe have occasional jumps to Ray. Yeah, and then have Ray doing her thing. So you got the two's time, just the two storylines interconnecting and having to be driven by, kind of like Empire Strikes Back. I would have had, <laughs> I would have had all the stuff with Ray early in the movie, her on Octo doing all that early. Um, and then all of a sudden you see the, see her bracelet, the, the magical heart rate bracelet start going off. And then her, I have to get home. And that's where you have Chewbacca, Luke, her on the planet. Like, no, I have, we have to go. Your sister is dead. Something happened. We have to go. You have to come with us. And then instead of it being train me, be basically we need to get you back to help your sister. That's why I'm here. I'm not here for you to train me. I'm here to, for you to help the resistance. Train me, nice side effect, but... Train me while we're on our way back. Help, and then have him not want to leave. And that be more the... He's agoraphobic now. He doesn't want to leave Octo. He, he's close to the text and all that. He's addicted Tones. to the milk. So then they're like, <laughs> fine. Fine. We're going anyway. That would have been an interesting one. I just need another she she's like i'm going we're going you can come with us but we're going and they take off and take that's when and then he and has when his yoda moment from you no know, that's when he has his yoda moment of yoda going what are you doing screw these go and help your sister like go 
be the hero that you're supposed to be. Like, what are you doing? The biggest thing I can say about 7 and 8, I see, I saw too much wasted potential that I couldn't get beyond. To me, I it s- felt like one writer wanted to do one thing, the next one came in, wanted to do something else, and then was told, you can't do that. Disney came and in, said, nah. Fine, and it, it kind of, like, hit this wall of where it could have been perfect, and then circumvented for a while, and then continued. And now we're at the point where they somehow have to kill Leia off screen because Carrie Fisher is dead. May she rest in peace. And she died, I believe, during the film? Oh, just after. A week and a half after. They probably should have just, for the writing, you could have easily rewrote and reshot a few scenes and had it completely different. Like, you could have easily rewrote that she died in that. You would not have the issue of having to deal with CGI Leia in the next. They're not one. going to, from what I hear. And yeah, they're no, they're things, using past but, stock footage or something. Yeah. But they could have done extra footage. If she doesn't have any storyline in the next one, I don't know why she lived through that. She that's the problem. She's supposed to. Anyway, so we we talked about that. We went off a little bit of a tangent, but yeah. the, the the next one. I'm. A coherent story. I don't. I don't know what I want with this. What I expect I might get from this, time travel. I don't. I'm expecting time travel. I don't know why. I don't think they're gonna end game. No, I'm expecting time travel. I don't think that they're gonna uh, jump the shark with that. More than they already have. I don't think they're gonna re-jump that shark. Okay. I'm hoping. Jump most of our- <laughs> I am. I am seriously. They have hoping. the high ground. I am seriously hoping they do not say. He lied about who your parents were. Your your father is actually Luke, or something like that. They're I going to. Do not want them to renege on something they said in the previous movie. They're going to. And saying your parents aren't important, they never insinuated that her parents were important in the first one. They never asked who her parents were. She just needs to know where her parents were. That's her own personal. Yeah, but it's important to her. That's the. I think yeah. that's what they were. And that's perfectly fine. I, I think that's what they were trying to yeah. point out. Not important to the overall thing. Yeah, that's what but, it felt like. I think, yeah, but I think that it was just poorly executed and how it was said and the timing and Oh, context. so it's standard Star Wars. Yeah. To me, if they reel that or walk that back and then say Kylo Ren lied to you, it will be one of those, oh, God damn it. Like, I hope that her parents literally don't matter. I hope that they are not anyone important. They're just assholes who left a kid alone yeah. on a desert planet. Yeah, I hope that sure she can meet her parents. That's fine, but if they're their dirtbags are left, they're already established characters. Like if they are Leia or Han or Luke or like Palpatine, it just or, will feel like or it's Obi Wan's granddaughter. It feels well. like it's just walking back. I'm a I'm hoping decision in the previous. Movie. I'm hoping that what it all actual in all actuality what it ends up being for her is her parents ultimately aren't important. And it's she was a Force-sensitive kid that was supposed to be on her way to the Jedi Academy. The stuff went down with Ben, and it fell apart. And all of a sudden, they're like, well, rerouting. Uh, I would like it if they were supposed to... That's what ends up happening. They're like, we have to ditch you because... I would like it if it ties in with the kind of Rebels, the Inquisitor type thing. Is like uh, that's The parents would... were persecuted for having a... Having a force sensitive kid, and they're like, okay, fine, dumped the kid off outside of China and went, we only have one kid, and then flew away. Like, yeah. just dumped it off, and yeah, we're, we're fine. Nope, we don't have a kid. 
What scumbag? That would still you know. no. Even that, it was like, yeah, we have a force sensitive kid. Do you want a force sensitive kid? I don't want to deal with this crap, and then dumped it off and left. That or would they're just like make it, or they were force yeah. sensitive and they're being either way. Yeah. The parents being force sensitive and they were being hunted, so they got I, rid of the kid. I just hope to God they do not say, "Oh, uh, by the way, yeah, it's Luke." I don't want it to just end up being an established character. Oh, There's it's a, a rise, fast... a rise of the Skywalker. That yeah, but for all we yeah. know, rise of the Skywalker could be the fact that it's the rise of the Skywalker I hope, legacy. I hope that she's not like, oh, Luke had a had another sister that had a kid. Like, no, I I'm, hope that. No, don't do that. I'm hoping for its rise of the Skywalker legacy and Jedi Order actually gets to happen again. But it was the way it should have happened without the. I hope that they don't go. Ben. Oh, by the way, that broom kid from the previous movie—yeah, he's a Jedi now. <laughs> like, no, that irritated that. me. I don't mind that so much. It did feel like an advertisement for the next, like, hey, uh, Galaxy's Edge. Hey, that's come out since uh, the last movie. Hmm. I, but I hope that 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 storyline could—I don't mind her potentially with the help of Leia or something becoming the the head of the next Jedi Temple. That's that's fine. The Jedi Order. That's fine. I just don't want it to then be that there's another trilogy series that's now in the Jedi Order. I want them to tell original stories. I want them to tell new stories. Something like Mandalorian. I love the fact that they're telling a, a story. It It's one of those that I was trepidatious at the beginning because I'm like, hmm, is this just going to be Boba Fett 2? And it, from what I hear, it's a bounty hunter. Boba Fett's not even a Mandalorian. True. But it's a... It is a Mandalorian with armor very similar to Boba Fett. That's bounty hunter. That's doing jobs that Boba Fett would have taken. It doesn't feel like super original, but at the same time, it sounds better than what I originally thought. The decision to have another Yoda, like, and that be the the thing, and all all the Yoda meme, baby Yoda memes. I'm like, cool, great. Doesn't say anything about the movie, but or the show. It. It's one of those shows that I'm going to wait. I'm going to watch it all at one time. Then I'm going to have a... So the next time we have one of these episodes, probably going to be able to say what I think about Mandalorian. Okay. Uh, on the whole, I will say I've enjoyed... I've enjoyed the vast majority of Star Wars. Yeah. I just... I just don't know where it's going. I don't know if I I like even that I don't care. know where it's going, but the kind of uncaring nature that I feel like the previous one tried to reboot it, like reset the world, bringing back J.J. Abrams. I feel like he's going to Star Trek Beyond, Star Trek Into Darkness, it that it can't, it's not going to be as original as I hope it's going to be. And I love J.J. Abrams as far as like stuff he's done, but he is very, very bad at just redoing something someone else did. Like Star Trek Into Darkness, I'm sure it's not Khan. It's Khan. Star Trek 1, the first one he remade, it's just a reboot of the original series. Star Trek Beyond, at least it felt different. It wasn't him directing it, but at least it felt different. And that's the biggest issue I have with J.J. Abrams. I hope he's not just redoing Return of the Jedi. It, do, well, it also doesn't help that if you change it too much, the fans bitch. If you keep it too much the same, the fans yeah, bitch. What it, like... With all, I'm going to touch on the, the reaction everyone had to Last Jedi. <clears throat> if you didn't like it because it wasn't a great movie, that's one thing. If you didn't like it because it changed your opinion of the Star Wars universe, fuck off. 
you're not the ones making the movie. Let them make the movie. Stop stop attacking the actors. Jesus. Yeah. The actors are just reading the lines that the writer gave to them. Stop attacking attacking the director because the the story's not what you want it to be like. It's never going to be what you want it to be like. Yeah, if you I want Chewbacca to hook up with a Wookiee or a, an Ewok to make a Ewokie, I was about to say sure. he hooked up with a Wookiee in Solo, and then applied to be his wife. But there's there's lots of there's a whole lot of uh, people out there that are just hating on Last Jedi because it's a movie they didn't want. There's it to be. so much wasted potential. Yeah. My problem with it. The That's... biggest problem I have is that it had. It didn't take the storylines where it could have gone. Schizophrenia doesn't just affect the people. And I know I'm in kind of that, even the majority, that I'm not super interested in the way that Last Jedi went. To me, it felt like it was going in a really cool direction. It kind of deviated, and then it, it landed in a cool direction. So it's like, it's just kind of, I wanted it to be better, and it wasn't as good as I hoped it would be. I wanted to be coherent. It was coherent. It was just kind of like all over the place, which yeah. maybe, maybe nine rectifies it all. Who knows? Maybe this time on Friday I'll be like, all right, I genuinely love that movie. Can't complain. It fills in all the holes from seven and eight. It feels like they all knew what they were doing. I don't know how they're going to, but I'd like that. That's what I would love to. And it's one yeah. that I'm going into it kind of blank slate. I would also very much. Cool. I would also very much like a movie that I'm just genuinely going to enjoy. Same. I would like Same. to go into a movie knowing that none of the characters that I know are in this movie. Good oh, luck. You still got Chewie. I don't want them to have C-3PO and R2-D2 again. Like, I'm annoyed by them. They're in this one. and C-3PO, I, I care less about R2. I kind of like him still there. He's an like, iconic character, but he hasn't done anything for what did, most of the movies. Why did he shut down and not respond to anybody? Even as supposedly his best friend. There's a bunch of shit that just don't make any sense story-wise to me. And unfortunately, that's I, I I, have started being able to take more of the production into account. I'm still a story and character guy. I, it still bugs me when nothing makes sense character-wise. But to get off of that... So, uh, moving on from uh, talk of all of that, let's go into our favorite planets. From the series. So we've chosen top five favorite planets from the series. Uh, it's either shown in the movies. Or in the TV shows. Or in the TV shows. Basically canon. Anything it's canon. canon and it has a visual representation in the visual medium. In, yeah, in a media. Yeah. yeah, not including comics. Yeah, so. Uh, Devin, why don't you lead us off on this one? All right. Uh, my number five, and this is mostly for the unbelievably cool image of a bunch of speeders going across a white backdrop and a bunch of red dust coming out is Crate from Last Jedi. That is that is on there with me. There's because... very little else to do with this. Is one of those planets that it's in one scene and doesn't have a whole lot else. But the visual I, the, from that planet, the salt foxes or whatever, the, the mineral foxes, Sprinkle, yeah, sprinkle foxes, stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, those things are cool. Oh, yeah. I, I think those are really cool. I, I like love that the they... jagged. I like that they realized something was up when they when they they shushed everyone. It's like, listen, and they didn't hear the tinkling from the foxes. It's like, oh, crystal yeah, crystal, they're like, oh, that's actually really cute. Like, that's yeah. cool. That and I like the, uh, I like the reason why it's white with the red underneath is when you see Luke show up. 
he doesn't disturb the, the site. I, I noticed that. I, was and like, I noticed oh. that in theaters, and I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. he's not there. Like, I remember saying in the theater, like, oh, that's weird. They're real subtle about that because they they show both Kylo Ren's feet moving and making the yeah. making the red, and they show they kind of briefly show Luke's when he's kind of settling into something. It's like, wait a minute, that's not making any trail. Yeah. That was, it was yeah, really subtle just and a really, really good, cool image, and I like the kind of junky speeders they have that have the have the stability or the stability that's kind of dragging against the ground, so it has a really cool red plume. I think that's really cool. I love that all the ground turns red with like blood. You you pull back and you watch them zipping around each other. It's like that's a cool shot. That yeah. is one hundred percent a cool shot. And I like the the one gunner who I can't remember. I think that's I believe it's. Uh, Gareth Edwards. Yeah, it is. is over. Salt. It's salt. And then, of course, I love the fact that Edgar Wright's one of the one of the guys on that. Like, there's just a whole bunch of stuff, and I I just genuinely think Crate is a really cool world. There's nothing to it. It's just a giant salt flat, but it's a really cool world. So that's my number five. My number four is Kashyyyk, Wookiee homeworld. Okay. Uh, yeah, I love the giant trees with the big like pods and the firing down and i just I think it's a generally really cool i remember mount mowing down people in uh battlefront yeah and I, I like the uh the droids coming out of the out of the water up onto the beach that's really it's cool terrifying is what that i is. love that that whole scene's just really cool and again it's, it's a good one. strictly visual uh it's just a really really unique and interesting world yeah it very um, much reminds me of a saving private ryan moment yeah yeah very much so yeah uh the other one i i love the idea of course i so no, my number three is Coruscant. Ah. Uh, I love the the giant world. The concept of a yeah. giant metropolitan planet. I would love and to that's see it. a show akin to um, Ghost in the Shell, Blade Runner, one of those, set in the underworld on Coruscant. The logistics of it is what makes me yeah. curious. Like, yeah. how does that even exist? And as much as I... Mandalorian sounds cool, but it's kind of just on a Tatooine 2.0 or 3.0. Like They're not from, always on the same planet. Yeah, from what I've seen, it's like the whole first episode is Tatooine 2.0. He's only, he only saw one episode. And he only saw one episode. most of what I've seen is kind of that Western-inspired style. I'd love to see it strictly in a cyberpunk Coruscant. And I think that would just be a really interesting... I don't know if they end up in, on Coruscant in the show. Probably not. not yet. But they all seem to be like Outer Rim territories. And, they are. Yeah. <laughs> Very would, Firefly. Yeah. And I'd like them to be on Londinium or, uh, you know, <laughs> be the king of Londinium and wear shiny hat. Oh. I'd like to see that in uh, <laughs> in wow. in a show. And something like Mandalorian could be really cool. But I like the idea of someone hunting a droid through Coruscant. That's just a really cool image in my head. Um, my number two is actually Utapau uh, from uh, Revenge of the Sith. That is the one with the giant holes and the giant mines. Ah, where he fights Grievous. Where he fights Grievous, yeah. And I absolutely love that that world with all the tunnels and the the big bright. I just think that's a really cool world. Yeah. And I'm going to compliment that with Geonosis. Deep. I think Geonosis is a really cool design. Very similar. I just think Utapal is a cooler design. But my number one favorite planet, we have not mentioned this once, is Kamino. Oh, that was the name. For uh for the clone, the planet. clone planet, I couldn't remember I its name. The, I just love that kind of eternal rain. That eternal rain, flooded, ocean flooded yeah, ocean, ocean planet. But I love the all the like 
basically Apple inspired architecture. Of very the, Art Deco. I love all of that very egg-like everything and everything looks like they're very clean lines. I just absolutely love the design very, of the, the Kaminoan um, planet. The the inhabitants are very spindly. Yeah. Very just kind of almost utilitarian in yeah. their design. I loved that. I love all of the architecture. is all smooth lines and all whites and grays and blues. I, I just love that world. Kaminoans are yeah. designed to have very little drag through water. And I and love... shows. It always reminds me of the end of AI with the uh, the hyper intelligent artificial intelligence that that the main boy meets at the end of the movie. They always remind me of the same. Mm-hmm. Like that's the that's the kind of droids that the Camino ones would make because that is actually they, those are artificial intelligence. That kind of it kind of reminds AI. me of the like it, it kind of reminds me of the uh, some of the sets from two thousand one Space Odyssey. Yeah. Uh, it's just done best, better. Like it's the. Oh, I'm not saying that the pinnacle of that cool, cold, clinical. Like I would love to have a craft area that is that inspired, like with that, like white plastic walls, and I don't know. It's just I've absolutely loved that that aesthetic of there's that a, entire. There's world. a part of me that would also love to t- to go in with a can of, can of red paint, just give them a heart attack. Yeah, and it's one that. I love, so I will say I love the fight between Obi-Wan and Jango Fett. It was nice. On that planet with the constant rain and the, it's, I don't know, it's just one that I love that world and I want to know more about the planet. Also showed that Jango yeah. wasn't a bitch. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, I was, at that point, I was, going off of that, I also wish that they had actually come up with, at some point, us being able to see uh, Montal. Yeah. That, uh, Admiral Ackbar's planet? Yeah. Calamari planet, yeah. Yeah, Mount Calamari. Calamari. It was Mount Calamari. Yeah. Why? But yeah, that's Why? my that's my top um Crate, Kashyyyk, uh Kursant, Utapau, and Camino. Yeah. James? Mine's in no particular order really, but I'll just go up my up the list I've got here. Uh first on it, Naboo. Okay. Okay. You seen like three different biomes on that planet, so more than ninety percent of the planets in yeah, Star most Wars. Are not. Yeah, you see the deep ocean. You see the Gungan, Otagungan, I want which is phenomenally different from Dami or any of them. I I, I love mean, the des- much like Camino. I love the design of the Gungan home homeworld, so but the rest of Naboo is just it feels like Earth. Yeah, and that kind of knocks it down. But I think Gung- the Gungan city is. Beautiful, phenomenal. Yeah. yeah, it's and again, it's still kind of departed from every other one we've seen so far. Crete, great, yeah, great, great, yeah, giant, giant salt planet, visually st- dragon, visually stunning. <laughs> it would have murdered them all. It would have, but it would have been awesome. Would have been funny. Would have added for a really interesting set piece. Yeah, I'm saying you just seeing it in the distance, having to deal with that and the that uh, could be what order. takes on the first order. Having, yeah, having to deal with that in the first order. Uh, Coruscant's on there. Again, giant metropolitan area. I'm very curious just the logistics of it. Yeah, I'd just love to know more about that world. They've got to be importing stuff nonstop. Mustafar. Okay. Giant lava planet used for refining. Mm-hmm. It was that up is- there for me, but it, it was one that it's really just for a giant cool battle. 
It is, but it's also the concept is interesting of using a lava planet, one for the uh, geothermic power you can get from from it, as well as the ability for a refinery there without really having to do any damage to the environment. Mm -hmm. It is very interesting. And last on the list, and I think it's actually kind of my top, is Scarif. Okay. Oh, cool. Rogue One, tropical, tropical area in the planet, which you don't really see. Plus, it was just a site for a great, great... It, it was basically Saving Private Ryan or some sort of Nam War. Mm -hmm. and the foliage and all that sort of stuff fit with it. Absolutely. All right. And Tom. So my number five is uh, Jetta. Rogue One. Yep, from Rogue One. Yep. Mustafar is also Rogue One. Yes, it is. Yeah, it's, not, it's in there, though. It's not prominent. It, yeah, it's Vader's castle. Uh, but Jetta, it's just really cool because you've got all these fallen statues of Jedi... Uh, it's the primary place of pilgrimage in order to get kyber crystals for the lightsabers and all that jazz. Just a really cool idea. Plus, almost all of the major settlements are built on these mesas. Um, it's the mesa planet. <laughs> uh, it's like Tatooine, but uh, you know, not Tatooine or Jakku. It's it's uh, well, plus it explodes. Yeah, very prettily. Um, whereas the planet itself, because Jedi's a moon. The planet itself is constantly covered in a giant, like, frozen waste, because it's always in winter. Um, also, it's hot. Not quite. It's a permafrost versus a frozen wasteland of snow all the time. It's Okay, you think there's a distinction, so I'm just going to go with that. Well, tundras are different than being what Hoth was. It's more of a tundra planet than... Anyways, besides okay. Uh, my, uh, number four is, uh, Kashyyyk. Okay. Uh, loved that planet. It was really cool. Green and pretty. I prefer that to Endor and Yavin. Yeah, for sure. 100%. I don't disagree. Um, Utapau is my number three. Sounds like you're saying food. Utapau. Right. Some sort uh, of Indian dish. It, it was really cool. Just, I love the design of the planet. Uh, and the creatures that seem to inhabit it, like that giant lizard that Obi-Wan rides, uh, is just really cool. Yeah. Then it gets wrecked. The giant iguana, yeah. yeah. <laughs> then it gets really wrecked. Right. Um, so my number two is Cato Nemoidea. And that's the planet where, uh, Plo Koon bites it during oh. Order 66. Um, they're made up of bridge cities. Okay. And that's not the one with the giant fluorescent mushrooms, correct? No, that's Felucia, Felucia. which is my number one. Uh, but Kiruni Moria is where he's flying, and you see these weird sweeping. Oh, that's right. He it's like, like the halos from Halo. Yeah, big. No, no, they're, yeah, they're giant the... bridge cities, and all the uh, places are like crystal opulent palaces that are designed to uh, refract. Not so much refract, but like to impress people that are coming there because it's made up of bank. The banking guild people. Oh God! Um, For that, like, I wish we got a movie that is set completely in a place like that. Yeah, and not just ending on crate for one action set piece. Exactly. I want what I want so, is like, I, I want wish they went there and Canto instead of Canto Bite. Yeah, like, seeing Kato Nimoria instead. Yeah, or Mass, I would love a Mass Effect thing on the Citadel. Yeah, it'd be awesome. Um, <laughs> be interesting, wouldn't it? My number one is Felucia. Again, absolutely gorgeous to look at. 
and trippy as balls. Yeah, and I, I I would have liked to have seen more of that because I loved fighting on that planet in Battlefront. Uh, in Battlefront, yeah, like I'd prefer that to Dagobah. Like that's just a better yeah. version of Dagobah, I think. Yeah, I and like how I like how they also censored the Jedi death with the giant mushroom mushroom cap. Yep. Yeah, that was kind of it's like oh that's cute really. Yeah, but yeah, so those are my those are my top five. Cool. Um, so that leaves us two favorite characters, top five favorite characters from the series that are in some sort of visual representation other than the comics, necessarily. Yep. Uh, again, so moving media. I've got I've got a collection of photos that I can flip through really fast. <laughs> no, it doesn't work out. Mo- oh. It's called a movie. It's 24 frames. Just throw it to the thing. <laughs> The human a human eye can't see more than twenty four frames a second. So, oh, that's a Gemini, man. Uh, so <laughs> I, for this one, I, I guess I'll start off. All right. Uh, <laughs> right my number five is uh, Luke Skywalker. I'm sorry. Uh, just because of the fact that you get to see a big change from when we first get introduced to his character to what we end up seeing his character as. Uh, yeah, he goes from a whiny bitch to a depressed bitch. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, and he, along those lines, too, like, he goes through some major setbacks. Along yeah, the way. I, I won't disagree with that. To me, I think he's one of the better lead characters. Yeah. But at the same time, he's always just never impressed me. He's uh, whiny, and then he's kind of, now, he, now tip, he's stoic. Now typical, he's kind of, typical Skywalker, always whiny. Uh... <laughs> And the fact that he's constantly under pressure to perform for the resistance or he is, he's always constantly under pressure as being, I'm the main hero of the resistance or the rebellion or whatever it is. Everything rides on me. I'll disagree, but that's, that's why it's yours. That's why it's yours. Uh, number four for me is R2-D2 because he's just a fun character to watch with his little snarky self. Where did his jets go from? The prequels to the original trilogy. Uh, 30 years back. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we're going to go with uh, lack of technology for that one. Uh, Terrible oversight. <laughs> I mean, hey, whatevs. No, no. Maybe he just forgot to use them. I don't know. He really uh, only used them a couple of times, and it's like convenience. Right. I'm going to burn these droids. Oh, okay. I'm going to jet over to this part of the, the thing. Sure. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, my number three is uh darth maul okay um he's for me he's just an interesting character interesting backstory uh and he's my favorite darth apprentice who broke off and became something else i'd like to know more about him but at the same time it's it's one of those that i want to see something from his point of view so often it's from whoever he's against you i know he shows up in Clone Wars and I and Rebels. There's Rebels. a few episodes where it's his point of view. But it's him, uh, and his brother oppressed Savage, or Savage oppress. Um, and uh, just putting words together, right? So it's his brother. They're actually the same race, and they were actually created by the same witches of Dathomir. Okay, we're gonna move on from that. Oh uh, yeah, through a dark ritual. It was weird involving the Force. Uh, and then Kumbaya, my, Lord. my number two is Chewbacca. Because okay. I love me some Chewbacca. Chewie! 
that giant furry awesomeness that is Chewbacca that can likes to rip the arms off of people when he loses that. Uh, I wish we got to see space that. chess. Right after Han died, he should have ripped somebody's ripped arms off, someone in half or something, and like, oh, right, you know, like that's why you don't mess with them. But instead, and, he just kind of picks people up and kills. And at the fact that we finally get to see just how powerful that bowcaster really is, mm-hmm. finally. And all of a sudden, Hans is like, man, how come I've never fired this thing before? Which makes no real sense, but okay. I don't mind that. I mean, I... bowcasters are typically a Wookiee weapon. You're, he's always had his trusty blaster. Why would he ever need to take Chewie's weapon? Yeah, I was, I was okay with that. I always yes. wanted I wanted to see him do more after Han died. Yeah, I, I go into a Wookiee blood rage or something and just start <laughs> beating the crap out of everything. Exactly. Words alone, Wookiee blood rage sound amazing. Just imagine this, like, what, eight foot tall thing running at you and being able to tear your arms well, off? Well, in yeah, Solo, like, he's picking up the, the things with the explosives, and apparently those weigh somewhere in the realm of, what, 400 pounds empty? Yeah. yeah. So and it's like, like, and he's carrying up, like, nothing. Uh-huh. Yeah. So like, I wanted to see either in... I want a head caved in. <laughs> I wanted to see in Solo him just take and throw some guy and... Like he realized the, he ripped up a couple arms off. Yeah, and I wanted to see him like grab a stormtrooper by the helmet and throw him, and then realize the head's still in the helmet or something. Yeah, like, like I would love to have yeah. like accidental speeds of strength kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, like I would have loved to have like seen him and just see him fling like across a battlefield someplace, and all of a sudden you hit that Wilhelm scream, just going. Ah! You're not even focused on him. You just see it all of a sudden, and you and you go, you focus, and like, oh, that's that's chi- oh oh. You get a little that. bit of that at the Battle of Kashyyyk. Right. Either way, and you see them. Just destroying things, but right. But I mean, like, effect. I would have loved to have seen him, like, in his prime, super, like, mm-hmm. mad, just taking a first order trooper and having a scene like what we see when we first uh, see Han on the battlefield for the first time as an uh, Empire soldier, and just see him just whip a guy across the field, see a guy fall dead, and then everybody looks back behind them where. Safety should be, and all of a sudden there's a raging Wookiee coming at them. That would be amazing. Yeah. Either way. So, yeah, um, Chewy. So, Chewy. And then my number one is Grand Moff Tarkin. Ah, okay. Um, he was a cold motherfucker, is what he was. Uh, yes. And... He's a good one, yes. Besides just being an incredible badass and being a cold, calculating guy, he is the only one that can look at Vader besides the Emperor and say, dude, cool your crap. Like, seriously. And get listened to. And he'd be like, oh, okay. Because Vader actually respects the man. Um, And Tarkin, there's a reason why he was given the title of Grand Moff, uh, which has only been given driver. to, like, one other person, one or two other people. So, I mean... Uh, it's, it's very calculating. Yeah, he he is a cruel, cruel guy. So yeah, those are my top five. I'll go. We'll just go in reverse order now. All right. Kind of like with my with my planets, don't really have a, fa- a top five. It's just I like these guys the best. Uh, first on there, Leia, specifically in the original trilogy. I think she was one of the best characters in the original trilogy. Okay. Though three didn't exactly give her too much to do, she still did stuff. Right. But on the, I don't, I don't like necessarily the direction she's gone in in the new ones. But it's not terrible. It's not as wor- It's not as bad as some of them. I'll I'll give it that. Okay. But yeah, for the most part, I'm talking over Tulsa. We treat with her. So, 
Uh, next up on here, let's go. Let's go, Cassian. Cassian Andor from Rogue One. Okay. You'll also see two others from Rogue One on here. Wonder what's my favorite movie. <laughs> Cassian was the first look at the darker side of the rebellion because all throughout the original trilogy, it was all very goody two shoes. And I've said we said before when we when we talked about it, Rogue One gave you that darker look at what a rebellion would actually mean against something like the Empire. And Cassian, his actor, Diego Luna, I want to say, mm-hmm. phenomenal job. Oh, absolutely. I believe the man 100% the entire time. It was absolutely wonderful. Next up, I didn't know, let's go with the other two. Uh, next up, Jen Erso from Rogue One. She was on my list, but she's been replaced. I like her. Because she starts off wanting absolutely nothing to do with any of this. Alright. And halfway through, like, people people complain about her being the passive protagonist, but that was kind of the point. She didn't want to get involved with this. She didn't want anything to do with it. And then come the halfway point, all of a sudden, she does. And she becomes a very proactive protagonist. She, and her her story is very interesting, and you said before, Devin, you really like looking at the darker characters. I like looking at the ones who look at what people consider the more negative aspects of humanity. So, cowardice could be one of them for people. I wouldn't necessarily call her a coward, but she's definitely running away from everything. I like looking at that. I like either them realizing no, they want to stay true to that cowardice to survive, or realizing that they need to put it aside. It's very interesting, and I think she was well, very well done. And like with Cassie and Felicity Jones did a phenomenal job. Mm-hmm. Though it's always hilarious when you see her uh, when they're on Scarab, she's between Cassie and K2, and Felicity Jones is a short woman. Yes. <laughs> the other two are fairly tall. Yeah. Uh, and speaking of, K2. All right. On my list. I, I just... <laughs> he is a dark, sarcastic wonderfully blunt robot that is also voiced by Alan Tudor, which helps. And yeah, every time his death death scene comes up in the movie, I start crying. And it's amazing how how different he is from the ones we've seen in the movies. Because I will agree, I've seen things, it didn't occur to me before, but I have seen some skits, some clips with the HK units from uh, Knights of the Old Republic. Very similar to that. And again, that kind of tickles my humor. I very much like that. I prefer I prefer him the most out of any of the droids. Definitely. And last, Palpatine, actually. Kind of in the original, but mostly the prequel. Okay. I like the... I do agree with the, the prequels being a better version of, the, of Palpatine. Because you get to see the schemer. He starts off as the senator for Naboo in the Galactic Senate. And through careful manipulation of everything, becomes the emperor. With nobody really finding out until it's way too late, if they ever find out at all. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And just seeing the subtlety with which it happens is actually very well done. Everything he's saying makes a lot of sense. And the character... what. George Lucas hit a bad spot on a number of things in the prequel. I won't even try to say otherwise. 
knocked it out of the park with Palpatine, mm-hmm. as well as the actor who played him. Oh, yeah. Ian McDiarmid? Yeah, something like that. It did a phenomenal job. Yeah. But yeah, there's my five. All right. My original number five was Jyn Erso, but since we have dictated that it is a character that appears in a motion picture, so uh, I went with something technically... He was a character that predated the legends and all that, so he was one that was from the books. But he was then retroactively retrofitted into Rebels, and that's Grand Admiral Thrawn. Yes! That's right, Thrawn did pop up, didn't he? He he did. Grand Admiral Thrawn, um, and he only appears, I believe, in Rebels. He's never mentioned in anything else, so it's a little cheap, but in Janeiro, so... Uh, (laughs) I'll throw that as my, if you really need to complain, Janeiro, so copy-paste. Grand Admiral Thrawn, I love the fact that he... The way he knows his enemies is by their artwork, I believe, was his thing. He collected the artwork and the, and he was able to deduce everything about a nation, everything about a kind of people by what they believe is art, their writings, their pictures, their paintings. I won't their, say he's wrong about that. He's either. able to deduce everything about a, everything about a type of person by what they consider art. I'm like that is just a fascinating character. I wish I. Like, I haven't watched Rebels, so it's kind of a little cheating, because I haven't watched his episodes in Rebels. But he is such a fascinating character in the books. In Rebels, it doesn't go into it too much. In his book that is now canon, uh, it changed that a little bit. So what's the difference? The difference is is he's almost like one of those people who can, like, see how somebody does something, and then, like, if it's a martial artist... He can see how they do that and then, like, perfectly copy that type thing. So he's a taskmaster type. Okay. Almost. But in his, for him instead, it's, he can tactically see exactly yeah. what they're thinking. Yeah, he is a, an imperial tactician. And yeah. I think that is just a, that's a, a character that we don't see enough, is the intelligent tactician behind the Empire. And we get a little bit of that with Moff Tarkin, but that's more, he is just yeah. a powerful guy in the, the Empire. But Thrawn... He thinks through everything. And he knows what you're going to do, so he counters that for you. I'm wondering. Yeah. I'm wondering if they're gearing up for an actual trilogy of Thrawn and making I, the books more canonized. That would be well. The books are 100 percent canonized. Well, you, I apologize. You know what I mean, though. Yeah. Um. And the cool thing is, is with uh, I know this is obviously not movies or visuals, whatever. Whatever. But in the book for him, they actually the Empire finds him stranded on a plant by himself in a hut. That was like his people were like, we're exiling you here. Yeah. Enjoy, and you're too much of a trouble. The empire comes in and they go, "Oh, uh, we found like this guy here, and yeah. we don't know how to treat this." And they bring him in, and then all of a sudden they're like, "We've heard rumblings that your race exists. We don't actually know because there's not a whole lot in our yeah, records about blue you. Blue skin, red eyes. Yeah, we really heard weird stories guy. from traitors about your race, but we don't know a whole lot." And he's like. Oh yeah, that's fine. Let me let me clue you in some, some really cool things, and then he starts breaking down, and then like slowly infiltrates himself in, yeah, to the empire, and then all of a sudden, man. yeah, and then all of a sudden he's just like, oh, you're the emperor? Hmm. Okay. Cool. Hi. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, so yeah. He to me has always been a fascinating character. Yeah. I'd love to see people. him in a movie. He plays people so hard yeah. too. Uh, my number four is actually Poe Dameron. I actually okay. just really like Poe Dameron. 
Um, I like the kind of roguish nature to him. I like him more than more than a uh, Han Solo personally. Yeah, I'm 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 kind of getting that. I used to like Han when I was a kid, but now it's like eh, I'm kind of over that because I've seen better done. Yeah, personally, I like Poe Dameron. I think I would love him to have more of a character in the next movie, but we'll see. That's kind of that's kind of the problem. Uh, then I have K two S O again. I just really enjoy the character. Uh, played by that porn star Alan Tudix. Uh, anyway, <laughs> then my number two is Jango Fett mm-hmm. from episode two. I like, could see it. Yes, just, the outcast he, Django. Well, Django yeah. is everything that people built up Boba to be. Yeah, and I like that he actually goes toe to toe and basically beats. He won. He won. won. He won that one. And then one of the scenes that we haven't mentioned is his his bombs that he drops in the in the uh, asteroid field. Oh my yeah. god! That is another one of those. Unbelievably well sound design scenes. The Everything go away, it goes, and then it explodes, and then you get the sound effect. It's not perfectly on cue. I think it was one of the most seismic charges. Yeah, it, ha- it has a much better impact with that. Yeah, I think that's just an awesome thing. And the fact that they bring in the Slave One, they bring in all that, and they bring in ultimately what would be Boba Fett or what will become Boba Fett. That character feels like a good. Good nostalgia throwback that perfectly canonizes a relatively mediocre character in Boba Fett. Like it, it gives him a a believability to him. And seeing Jango Fett, and I, I love. I mentioned the fight scene. That's how he goes so out. Cool. Yeah, and the thing is, someone like Mace Windu should be able to take out a guy. No, like and that's that's why yeah. I said it sucks how he went out. But I kind of believe his jetpack was busted. He was he's backing up as he's trying to fire at a charging Jedi, and it's one of the best Jedi. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. he well, didn't have much. Obi Wan's one thing: being able to take out Mace Windu. Not being able to take out Mace Windu. Yeah, I kind of believe it. it. He's like, like one he of the most just, powerful Jedi. Yeah, around. Yeah, I think he's like number two behind Yoda. And if Yoda was in that fight, would have even lasted less. Yeah, like, no it it yeah. was very it was very well done. I I agree. He is he is a better Boba. Fett. He's what Boba yeah. Fett should have been. Yeah. What people and I think love he the is the Stark Silver. I think the Stark Silver is a really cool look, which I know Mandalorian. I think are building up to it. Um, sort of right now. The pauldron and so on. But. Well, right now he's got the helmet, pauldrons, breastplate, uh, and uh, green or um gauntlets. Uh, gauntlets. Right yeah, now, so and they're he's all building up to it, and they're all straight silver. Yeah. Okay. And I like that. Like I, super yeah. shiny silver where yeah. his was more matted. You could tell that he's used it. Yeah. And I'd like it all the stuff with him sending another bounty hunter or like the assassin to kill her. Oh. And then uh, immediately uh Zam Wessel. Yeah, Zam Wessel. And then shot Zam Wessel and then took off. I, I like all that. He felt he yeah. felt like he was thinking. It felt yeah. like a, a thinking man's assassin. Yeah. It was I really like the noir element of going and figuring out the the dart and all that. Like, I, I genuinely love all that. But my number one, and this is one that is strictly for the awesome character design, is General Grievous. Okay. So much wasted potential, but I, I, I agree. absolutely loved his design. Watch Rebels. Yeah. You will not say that. Rebels. Oh, Clone, Clone Wars. Wars. Sorry. Yeah. Clone Wars. I'm, I'm I've heard, heard that. The problem, uh, oh, the problem is, yeah. like, if you're taking it just from the movies, yeah. as we said before, he's kind of... He's Waste is, to me, he was an absolutely amazing character when I saw him. I love the the fact that he's coughing. I love the fact that he's hunched over and has these weird skeletal arms that can crack into forearms. And, and he's still that got scene, this looming presence. That and, scene when he's fighting Obi-Wan and he opens his cloak, cracks his arms, and then takes out four lightsabers yeah. and starts spinning. I'm like, 
oh, this is going to be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And I love the way that he ends up killing him is with a, with a, a gun. He's like, oh, Blaster, yeah. yeah. The only Such uncivilized weapons. So, so, uncivilized. so uncivilized. I, I love that. And I, I just love the the design of his face. And like yeah. the, you can see the texture around the eyes and the eyes. That always the, creeped me out. And the kind of moving plates and the open heart. It just, yeah, everything about that character is so cool. Though a couple things, like with the fact that it's pretty much an open heart and it doesn't look like it's completely closed cavity as well as his eyes make me think like the first, one of the shots in, one of the beginning shots in Revenge of the Sith where he blasts into space for a couple seconds. It's like, how are you not dead? Yeah. Um, I love, but I love all that. I love his second in command with the, with the, um, Spinning. Oh, oh yeah, the one blade. where you cut the head off and they still come at you. Yeah, those I think are those pain. are cool, and I I just love General Grievous to me is just such a cool underutilized character. And it could be in a, a cartoon, but yeah, the Magna Drives. It's just I want to see more about him, but I'm kind of happy with what we got. So yeah, okay, to yeah. me, again, three of my characters are villains. K two S O is kind of a anti-hero. Well, he's a reprogrammed Imperial Dameron is kind of a hero. He's like a self-centered, you know, hotshot. But, yeah, I, I don't know. Those are my five, and I think Grievous is just such a cool character. So, oh, I agree. Yeah. Grievous is amazing. Very interesting. Yeah. So, all right, that's then. all that. Uh, that's our Star Wars extravaganza. Um, hopefully we split this into two. We're going to. It's about almost three and a half hours at this point. Yep. Um, over three and a half hours, if my time's correct. I did not expect uh, that. But well, I might yeah, surprise, um, next week, I think we're going to do something kind of like our personal what we give Oscars to. Yeah, or, I think yeah, so. something around there. We'll probably do like a top five movies that be, should be direct or best director. And we'll so figure on. it we'll, out. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Uh, we're actually going to talk about that a little bit before we head out for the night. So, uh, as always, I've been Devin. I'm James. And I'm Tom. And that's been In the Can Podcast for this week. Uh, we'll be back next week with another episode or two. Uh, yeah. Go see week. more movies. Do that. See Star Wars. Yeah, see Star Wars. See Star Wars. Uh, if you want to be like me, uh, try to slog your way through Irishman. Watch Marriage Story. Yep. Night. <laughs>